Welcome, Kate uh, from Speckle. Um, I'm really excited to have you on. Um, I feel very advanced and up with the times um, on the geospatial index. The best I've been able to do so far um, with a file-free method of data transfer is using the ArcGIS for AutoCAD plugin. Um, so this is the next level for me, and I hope um, some of our loyal listeners. Could we please uh, get straight into it with the elevator pitch for Speckle? All right, uh, thank you for the introduction. I'm very happy to be here too. Uh, and uh, yeah, the advanced GIS integrations are not only fresh for you, fresh for many users. <laughs> so I am going to make a brief introduction in what Speckle platform is in general, and then maybe go into more details about how it helps integrate the particularly geospatial data. So please let me know if you can um, see the presentation and then I will proceed. Yep, it's up. All right. Uh, so it is uh, really difficult to describe in one sentence what Speckle is, but I try my best. It's a platform for 3D data. Uh, but in fact, it is many different things uh, inside of it. So starting with a brief introduction of why uh, it appeared. Um, uh, the Speckle product is basically a product of the PhD of Dimitri as research at UCL. Uh, it was growing organically for, for many years, already getting some kind of user base. I was also using some of the separate speckle algorithms at that point to integrate Rhino and Unity because there was no other options simply. And uh, in um, 2018, 2019, uh, it started getting adopted by larger uh, AEC companies. And in 2020, it became officially a company. And uh, the team working on speckle uh, is really distributed. There is no central office. Uh, people are joining from different countries, from different time zones. And um, yep, uh, the mission of Speckle is to enable everyone to speak in 3D, uh, which is a big um, challenge at the moment because the 3D software support very different so-called languages. And there is not that uh, many widely adopted uh, options to find a universal language for it. Uh, the speckle addresses several issues in the industry, and one of those uh, is that the data in the industry is very fragmented. The data is um, distributed and stored in silos with very little uh, opportunities for collaboration and automation. Uh, the software um, are proprietary, the formats are proprietary, and uh, uh, it also limits uh, many, many um, beneficial options to share uh, data between the project, between the companies. Uh, and also current solutions are uh, slow, um, are not uh, moving at a very fast pace, uh, and uh, the companies itself are not moving at a very fast pace technology-wise. Uh, the technologies are moving, but the processes are not, I would say. Uh, and um, yeah, there is three major parts to speckle infrastructure. One part is the connectors that are uh, providing interoperability between different uh, software. Uh, the second part is collaboration and Speckle Web, which is a management system for the data, uh, for your servers, uh, for uh, permissions and access. And the last part, at least for now, is the automation and development platform, which allows uh, developers or 
the users or engineers within the company to build their own apps or their own custom solutions specific to the project or specific to the company. And um, yeah, so the first part, um, the connectors is basically the plugins for different software. It can be a plugin or, or interfaces. It can be a plugin for Rhino, QGIS, Revit, and so on. Uh, it uh, can be illustrated very uh, briefly or in some simplified way uh, how the data workflow can work between, in this example, Rhino and Revit. Uh, you can share your model by uploading in the server and the other user can download it from the server. Once you have any changes or updates, you refresh and upload the new version and the, the user on the other side can get the new version instantly. The Some engineering behind it uh, is basically each app or each connector, which is the interface inside the software, uh, is getting the native um, the model in the native format from the software, uh, converting it to the shared schema that uh, is custom for speckle objects, serializing and sending to the server, speckle server. And then in the reverse way, the data, data can be received, serialized, and uh, converted to the new native format of the new app. Um, some of the bits and pieces of a speckle that you might need um, or might not need, uh, but it's convenient uh, to have, is a desktop manager, uh, which is a management uh, system for all the connectors that you might want to install, upgrade, uninstall uh, the accounts, uh, the servers, uh, and so on. The, um, then the, there are the connectors themselves. Uh, the list is huge and it's growing really fast. The connectors started being developed by the Speckle developers, but then the community joined. And now there is already a growing list of connectors that are developed by the community, like TopSolid, Advanced Steel, and several others. Um, and uh, yeah, so the GIS connector, let's say, is just the, the widget inside the QGIS interface, which lets you uh, interact with the data from Speckle servers, upload the data, create the projects, uh, send data and receive data from the projects. Um, how the workflow generally works is that uh, you have your plugin inside uh, your favorite software. Uh, you're sending your model or the version of your model uh, to the Speckle server. Uh, the, each model is being attributed to a specific project. Uh, or in, uh, in formerly called a, a stream, which is following GitHub uh, terminology. And uh, yes, yeah. I, I heard about the recent change <laughs> in those names. Yeah. That, that, that's debatable. There will be always a happy crowd and a sad crowd. Uh, I think the the idea behind renaming it into a less developer-oriented language is that. Um, not all uh, AC uh, professionals are developers, and it's not extremely intuitive to, to start. Um, yeah, but I think it will be easy to, <laughs> to get used. Um, so yeah, every project or stream uh, can have different models. You might have a model of your master plan or model or of structural model. And every of those models can have different versions that you can update from one or different softwares and receive in one and different softwares. Everything is stored and tracked, and you can easily trace what have changed by whom and at what time. Uh, 
every time the data is uploaded to the server, it can be instantly viewed online in a 3D format, but also uh, in the data view format, you can explore particular uh, elements, attributes that you need. Mm, and uh, at any point, you can retrieve the data from the server by getting uh, another connector in the same or other software and using the uh, receive options. Um, the second part of the um, Speckle infrastructure is the collaboration Speckle web. And basically, it's everything that you can find on the website. Uh, it's um, it's a lot of things. Um, it's a project management interface, plus the 3D viewer to explore your data, uh, plus the um, settings to control the access and control the permissions, plus the system to track the versioning uh, system of your project, uh, and um, yeah, uh, use existing or build custom dashboards by seeing the um, the uh, timeline uh, of uh, each project or by having an overview of uh, all the projects and models within it. Uh, the 3D viewer is one of the, the best parts of Speckle. It's, uh, it's uh, not only shows the data and now even with better and better qualities like um, shading and transparency, you can also set uh, the filters uh, to it to make uh, visible or highlight specific elements. You can share those uh, views with the filter supplied with other users. And you can do also multiple other things using the viewer, which I might show a bit later, and the permission system, uh, which allows you to add uh, collaborators of different levels, contributors, reviewers, <clears throat> and their uh, owners. Uh, the viewer also allows you to leave the comments on the model. Uh, and resolve the comments. So you can uh, select specific object and a specific camera view to leave the comment and maybe tag the other person. And then that person or anybody else who has access to the model can go uh, and see the comment and see that something there requires attention. Um, another uh, really nice feature is the synchronized views. Uh, so basically, instead of people telling, let me share my screen and uh, um, then trying to go over and the other person would say, wait, 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 can you move it a little bit? Uh, you can uh, both join the same view and you can follow each other uh, while exploring the model and basically have this, like being in the same sort of virtual space where you see what the other person sees exactly. Uh, and uh, another version of the same 3D viewer is the presentation mode. Uh, which basically allows you to build some sort of presentation from the comments. Uh, and I think that's uh, really, really, really amazing. I would love to have that when I was a student uh, in, to avoid the renders and the other types of um, presentation tools. You can literally use your existing model. You can switch the visibilities on and on. You can build the story around it and you can share it either as a link or you can also embed it into the PowerPoint. Uh, and yeah, a big advantage of uh, the web viewer, at least with the geo-information uh, systems, is that uh, 
it can handle much uh, larger volume of the data. So this visualization I made using GIS data importing to Rhino or Grasshopper, and it took me one week to visualize uh, about a couple of years ago. And it, with the um, web viewer connected directly to the GIS data, that would take minutes. Uh, and uh, the last part, uh, the automation and development platform is providing the several SDKs for developers to build the tools on top of it, which are based on C Sharp, Python, and JavaScript. Uh, it's basically this is the system that allows you to build custom connectors to any types of software with uh, API based on C Sharp, Python, or JavaScript. Um, they, um, also allows you to interact with uh, any uh, types of data from the server to retrieve the data, to send the data, to subscribe to the events or updates on the server. Uh, and um, yeah, so this is an example of the tool built using Speckle, using the web queries uh, from a specific model. Uh, it's, um, if I'm not mistaken, the carbon calculator, uh, which basically gets into the properties of all the objects uploaded to your model. Uh, getting the uh, specific attributes, aggregating the attributes, and building the dashboard uh, from these attributes. And uh, another way of using the API is to build uh, integration apps. And for now, uh, the Telegram and Discord uh, are supporting these uh, options. Uh, even WhatsApp, I think, can also support it. So you can receive custom notifications from uh, updating the project, updating the model, or somebody leaving the comment and so on. You can also add as much data to your notifications as you want. Thanks, that was uh, mind blowing. Um, so the, the last point seemed to say that essentially I can subscribe to a model and get updates in whatever messaging app I choose, or at least one of the three popular ones. Yeah, if the app allows you to, to build on top of it, like custom bots, then yes. Mm. Okay. Well, yeah, that that was the most comprehensive elevator pitch <laughs> I've seen. Um, I, in in terms of the niche um, that you guys are are occupying, there's many ways to to look at it. I feel that a lot of the business models um, that exist in our our industry are basically trying to capture some territory. Um, using a proprietary file system um, and software. And it almost feels as though um, the business people are separate from the technical people, if you like. Um, and there's a, a part of the case for investors, I guess, in, in you know any given software, uh, a 3D um, authoring software um, might be to try and grab as many users as you can and keep them in locked into your your file type or, or proprietary um, data type. So it looks like you guys have come along and blown that out of the water. Um, is is that how you see yourselves? Are you you know the the one sort of integrator between all of these maybe older three D systems? Yeah, the thing is, it's getting harder and harder to lock users within the proprietary software, because uh, if even if not the the major, I don't know, big startups or other companies are doing that, some smaller hackers will do that. <laughs> so uh, in one or another way, it will happen. And uh, 
it, if it happens on a larger scale with the supportive community uh, and everyone involved in how it has to look like, uh, which needs uh, need to be addressed, that would be, of course, much more efficient and much more sustainable because it's uh, like, for example, the example with renaming the terminology from, from streams to project, it also didn't come uh, from, let's say, the software engineers. Uh, it came from the uh, industry need because that's how uh, industry operates better. So yeah, um, the uh, fields that uh, Speckle is targeting are mainly, well, it's every, it can be anything related to 3D and 3D types of data, but it was also born as a solution to <clears throat> for the AEC teams. Uh, because of very high inefficiency of existing interoperability solutions, uh, but also because Speckle is not just trying to provide import-export options for as many software as possible, uh, but it's uh, rather trying to um, build or improve the entire workflows between the teams or within the teams. Uh, the focus is on these workflows. So, uh, so far, the focus lies mainly on the industries related to engineering, construction, urban planning. Um, yeah, there is some requests on the community forums uh, now and then about other types of 3D software for videos, for rendering. Uh, but as long as, um, I mean, they might be supported at some point, as long as they start fitting into these um, major mm. workflows. Yeah. No, I it, it's it's really fantastic. I mean, the the competitors, if I can put it way, that way, that spring to mind um, that I've come across at least is BIM 360. There's also the Autodesk Construction Cloud, and there's that um, ArcGIS for AutoCAD uh, plugin that I mentioned before. Uh, Autodesk themselves have developed, I think, at least from version 2020 of Civil 3D, um, and maybe AutoCAD. Um, their own sort of in-house connector um, that will go and uh, allow you to browse the contents of Portal for ArcGIS or ArcGIS Online and bring those layers in as base layers in, in under Civil 3D, uh, whatever you're you're drawing there. Um, but is it the case that Speckle is the most comprehensive? It connects the most um, platforms. Um, there are workarounds and there are different scenarios that people would prefer uh, special plugins over Speckle. Uh, for example, I mean, there are some questions that uh, might answer whether you might want to look at Speckle or not is, for example, if uh, these plugins, um, if you want to use the plugins, whether you only need to import or export data, whether you need to only uh, have the data flow one way or both ways, uh, or whether you need some extra management tools for your data. And then you can really compare because, um, yeah, uh, the more people are involved, the more software uh, are involved, the less uh, chance or the more chance that there will be something missing out of the uh, custom plugins. And there is more chances that you might need to look for new solutions. So yeah, in some cases, uh, Speckle would make life much easier yeah no it's it's amazing i mean on your standard you know engineering design project you'll have you know five or more disciplines and yeah i mean you'll usually have you know some sort of gis software esri qgis often esri um some sort of autodesk software uh or maybe bentley 
um, and you might have another vendor for the document control. Um, and often that document control system is based on files, not web services. Um, yeah, no, it's yeah, it's it's really fantastic um, what you guys are doing. All right, uh, let's move on then to the next item. Um, so you mentioned, and I love the fact that you had a map um, of where your team was distributed. Um, so what's the skin in the game of the owners or, or management and how is Speckle being funded? So there are several parts to it. Speckle is both the product and the company. If we talk about the company, it's privately owned and funded by venture capital uh, and the business model as a software as a service. Uh, from, so the revenue is coming from hosting and managing Speckle servers. Uh, but uh, also, of course, the uh, it's as successful as the product is. And the, currently, the product is fully open source. It's under Apache 2 license. And anybody can, let's say, own it. Uh, anybody can fork the code from GitHub, uh, extend it, uh, and even use for commercial purposes. So it's a very, very open model. Mm. Okay, good. Um, so uh, you showed a number of different connectors and the fact that um, the community is already developing their own. Um, for example, I remember seeing a couple that I think Arup, um, the engineering consultancy, um, had developed. Um, one that was missing from your demo video, from what I could see, was the Esri or ArcGIS Pro connector, or just generally an Esri one. Um, so I guess what this relates to is working backwards from customer needs. Um, are you constantly consulting with or analyzing the AEC industry to understand what uh, the most popular software packages are and therefore to understand which connectors you should be developing or generally um, what is your process for working backwards from customer needs? There is, I think, a model that Speckle was inspired uh, inspired by. That's the working backwards method from Amazon, uh, meaning the uh, envisioning the product first, uh, all its benefits, the user, the problem it is solving, and working from that. Uh, but there's just um, like a, a conceptual basis uh, to it. Uh, when it mm, uh, when it comes to the gathering the feedback from the community itself, there are also several channels. Uh, there is a community forum, uh, which is the website, uh, <clears throat> with uh, surprisingly a lot and a lot of uh, active users that are constantly giving feedback. I mean, mainly reporting the bugs, but also giving some suggestions on the new feature, uh, looking for the answers or replying even to other users. Uh, that helps to see the most popular requests and somehow prioritize them. Uh, also, there are regular community stand-ups, which is uh, a video call with the Speckle team and with the users. Anybody can join, uh, where people get updated on what's been a work in progress, what is expected um, new features, and sometimes users can also present what they have been developing and share with the community and get the feedback as well. And uh, yeah, also Speckle has uh, some close partnership with the AC organizations and startups that also rely on Speckle for the solutions. So there is multi-level channel of feedback, which uh, helps to gather the uh, user needs and then prioritize them and channel into the development um, sprints. 
Yeah, uh, sounds like uh, there's a lot of activity for you guys there. Uh, good. Okay, so I guess one way to measure your success um, in working backwards from user needs is uh, to measure your your growth. So how fast is user growth? Uh, it seems to be fast. <laughs> Uh, there is no comp no complete picture that uh, is visible because many Speckle servers are uh, self-hosted. So there is um, uh, all the data is stored completely with the proprietary server, and there is no way we can look into it. But uh, there are other indicators that we can see. For example, the QJS plugin manager has the statistics of votes and uploads. Uh, or the GitHub forks, uh, or the community involvement on the forum and the votes on the forum, and some other AEC uh, blogs and posts. And uh, the, there is uh, increasing interest coming from all these channels. So uh, I would say that indicates <laughs> some user growth. Mm, sure. Okay. All right. Um, so Speckle has a couple of geospatial software plugins. Um, we've already discussed QGIS and, and Esri, I'll say. Um, so which has been the most popular um, or resulted in the most enhancement requests? Uh, yes, then um, working from um, community requests has its uh, pros and cons. So sometimes the community requests one thing, but then they don't use it. Uh, and that happens with the ArcGIS Pro plugin, let's say. Uh, there has been a poll at the community forum some time ago. I mean, quite some time ago, more than a year. Uh, and uh, ArcGIS was the first or second most voted plugin. Uh, but somehow, I think also due to a lots of other solutions that you have mentioned, the Autodesk uh, uh, plugins, it has not been that popular. And there has not been that much feedback about it. Uh, on the contrary, the QJS community uh, has been growing and people constantly give feedback and give a request for the features and test the new, new workflows that I have not envisioned myself. And that really, really helps. So, so far, I would say QJS is the most popular of the uh, geospatial plugins. And um, yeah, it's there is still a lot to explore. Uh, the geospatial community is not the focus. It has not been the focus um, uh, audience of Speckle uh, from the very beginning. It's only recent. So yeah, I hope it will, it will grow even faster. Yeah, no, it's, yeah, nice to have that comparison. Um, so I, I first started playing around with BIM 360 when I was confronted with a structures design team using Revit. Um, and because the way I try to, to do GIS as much as I can um, is to use web services and effectively try to subscribe to the outputs um, of all of the disciplines that we have to integrate into a, a single um, web map of you know, sort of showing the progress of, of design, for example, or the current status of a, of a project. And there was a lot of digging around that I did with BIM 360. And there are some publishing workflows with a Revit file. Um, there's a geoprocessing tool um, in ArcGIS Pro where you can convert a Revit file into a, a nice um, uh, structure visualization, 3D, rotatable, et cetera. And also you can turn on and off the different layers of the building. Um, 
but I couldn't seem to find a way to basically get Revit to produce effectively a web service like a WMS or a WFS or whatever other live means of getting the latest state of a design. Um, so I, I don't know. I and then looking at I guess the basic mechanics of Speckle, it looks like you you still have to essentially push your design to the Speckle server, and then on the other side you have to pull the the design um, into whatever software you want. So in this case, Pro. I I wonder if that's always going to be the case with Speckle. Um, or if a next step might be that you simply get a web service that's a constantly updated stream of the state of the design as soon as you know the designer hits save in Revit, if you know what I mean, or is that not possible to really achieve? Uh, which other connectors have you tried so far? Um, I, I haven't, I, I confess I actually haven't, I, I've had a, brief look at Speckle. I haven't tried it out, but just understand just from my understanding of the principle, like maybe I'm not describing this right. So for no, example, no, 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 no. Yeah. It, it's absolutely <laughs> correct. Uh, I, it was a, a question with, with a trick mm. because there is uh, some function in several connectors, but they are not the geospatial ones. Mm. Uh, so the, there is two levels to the question, right? First, how to um, turn the model into the web service and then whether it can uh, streamline uh, in kind of live mode, right? Uh, so one thing, yes, it is, once it's uploaded to the server, it becomes uh, in some way similar to web feature service. Uh, uh, although it cannot, uh, it doesn't have a functionality to query the data before downloading the data. So the normal workflow would be to download the entire model and then filter it already there because uh, because web feature service has a very structured data set online uh, and that makes the query much easier whether a speckle structure doesn't make it very uh, efficient to query before receiving so that's one thing uh, but also uh, the question about making it more live uh, update and live interaction yes it's absolutely possible uh, the thing why uh, it's not, let's say, sent constantly. It's, it's more practical uh, rather than technical limitation uh, because your model might be rather large. Uh, your model might, uh, you, you might want to update only certain parts, not the entire model itself. So it's much more efficient to just click mm -hmm. the button uh, with the parts that you want to send and update. Uh, and on the other side of that, uh, some of the connectors, for example, Rhino connector, does have implemented the auto update. So once yeah. um, once you uh, up update the model or send the new version of the model to the server from uh, even Rhino, but other user or other project, you can immediately, um, you can have it automatically receive and certain elements will be updated. Perfect. So that's what I was looking for. Um, because even even the BIM 360 solution, it just seemed to go in terms of files, you know, and it was just a, a web-based way. It was like a web browser for for, for a file uh, server. Um, so I, I guess what I so I'm more familiar with using the ArcGIS for AutoCAD plugin, and it's 
it's amazing. Like the, it's much less sophisticated than Speckle, but it's, I love the look on engineers' faces <laughs> when I show them how they can just edit a web feature service in Civil 3D. And they can also bring in all the service. They can basically make their own version of the web map that we have in Portal for ArcGIS. You know, I'm, I'm talking generically here, anybody who um, has access to Esri Enterprise. Um, so one really cool benefit with the plugin is they can just remake the project's web map as their base map in Civil 3D or, or AutoCAD. Um, but then if you publish it as a, a feature layer, um, they can bring that in, edit that. And when they hit sync, it then immediately pro propagates back to um, the project web map. So everybody across the, the project um, can immediately see it. And crucially, the administrator of that web map doesn't have to hit sync on their side. Yeah, it's just immediately propagates straight in. Um, and you can go even further um, if you're using uh, uh, built-in accounts to essentially uh, publish links to those services onto other organizations' Esri Enterprise systems. So you can base, you can have a daisy chain of propagating from that editor in Civil 3D to the organization's Esri Enterprise map and through linked services and built-in accounts into other so it's and that's all without it all propagates from the uh, editor clicking sync in in the plugin so it's nice to know that a similar effect could happen or, or auto updates essentially could happen for the client side of the um, structure for for speckle Okay. Uh, yeah, uh, it, it, it has not been um, a big topic yet in QJS because we might need some more user cases. Uh, it, it's a nice to have, of course, but as long as uh, there is no user that comes and describes why it is useful and in which way, uh, yeah, I think it's, it's, it would be better to develop the feature once there is a specific user, use case for it. Yeah, I mean, I could see it as a way for a huge number of projects and, and um, professionals, especially who are using, who, who are locked into the um, the Esri um, enterprise world. Because um, from my use of the um, geoprocessing tool for a Revit file, you're looking at about 10 minutes of time um, every time you've got a new revision. So if you can remove that, and if you consider on a reasonable size project, you'll have you know upwards of maybe 50 models, and each of those has three revisions. Suddenly, that 10 minutes times 150, you know, you've got a significant impact on the budget. Um, so if there could be a clearly described workflow um, for replacing that 10 minutes of effort with each new revision with a speckle server solution that auto updates into um, you know similar to the behavior of a web some sort of web feature service or web mapping service, um, a fire and forget solution, if you like. Um, yeah, I can see Speckle really taking off um, in that context. In, the, in one way, uh, yes, absolutely. And that's why soft uh, connectors like Rhino do, so, do have support for that. And uh, what we also notice is most users use it uh, only one way. So let's say QGIS data into Rhino or QGIS data into Revit to use it mainly as a con contextual model. Uh, so yeah, there has been no cases that I have been aware that I'm aware so far uh, that someone has tried to update and load multiple Revit models into your GIS file. But if it happens, I will be really happy to look into it. 
Yeah, I mean, the standard setup would be straight into an SDE somehow, um, or yeah, basically, often with a SQL Server um, database backend. I don't know. Anyway, don't want to get too far into the weeds, but yeah, okay, cool. At least we've yeah discussed. That was the main um, thing that's motivated me even to find out about Speckle. Um, and yeah, so yeah, okay. Uh, all right, so how fast does Speckle Server operate? For example, how many gigabytes would you recommend using it uh, for when, in data transfers or where, what size of um, file will cause it to fall over? Uh, so good question. Uh, it has been proven very fast. <laughs> uh, and it also depends which server you're using. There is uh, an open uh, or kind of public uh, server, Speckle XYZ. Uh, it is fast, and but uh, also main feature of the speed uh, of increasing speed is not it's because it's not sending the files itself, the files that can be a gigabyte or several gigabytes. Uh, it's serializing the data and sending only the necessary data to the server. That the size is decreasing a lot, and this makes the transfer much faster. Uh, but there are some limitations to it. Let's say there is a limitation for the maximum size of the individual object that can be sent to the server, but there is no limitation to the number of objects that you can attach to your model. Uh, so uh, QGIS in this sense has really pushed these limitations because individual objects in QGIS can be a boundary of Germany uh, or let's say a raster layer covering Australia. So those types of individual objects do hit the limitations. Uh, but either mm, we might find some walkaround to split it into into parts or uh, custom for like this kind of age cases, some the custom server would just really solve this problem very easy. Okay, that's good to know. Um, okay, so my next question is about, 3D data transfers, which is what Speckle is all about, um, but specifically for geospatial software. So, for example, you know, multi patches extruded between a couple of service surfaces in uh, in Arctis Pro. Um, can I push those back and forth using Speckle? Yeah, the the plugins for exporting Revit models into. Uh, I mean, the point is to make the experience for the user as familiar as possible. So the most close experience for, let's say, ArcGIS Pro users is to use the plugin for importing Revit models. And Revit models, in this case, are imported uh, into a shape of multi-patches. So taking that into account, the speckle is using conversions that convert in the 3D models as multi-patches because users are already familiar with this format. And uh, yes, the data can be uh, received with all the three dimensions. Uh, in ArcGIS, it's very easy also to view because it has an advanced 3D viewer. In QGIS, it's a bit more tricky. You might receive the data and not being aware that it's even 3D. But once you go into the new 3D view and uh, make sure that the symbology for the 3D view has been properly set up, because it's not by default in QGIS, then you can see that it, the model has all the dimension it, it had before. Um, sometimes the 3D viewer for QGIS doesn't handle well speckle models because it ha has um, multiple uh, tiny details and sometimes the meshes uh, are even going beyond the tolerance uh, point of the coordinate reference system. So the viewer might uh, have it look slightly distorted, but once you send it 
or you view it uh, in the 3D viewer, web viewer from Speckle, that you can see that all information is there. Um, so we've already started to discuss the contrast between WFS's, uh, well, uh, web feature services, web mapping services, as regress services. Um, so, and we've talked about how in the regular setup with Speckle, the user must issue push or pull requests um, to get updates. Um, so, and you said that at least for Rhino, um, you can remove the need to uh, issue these pull requests. So, if we were to try to create a solution for um, a, a common workflow, especially on an engineering design uh, project where you've got a geospatial team who's trying to keep up with the um, structures team, for example, um, by visualizing in a 3D web map using Esri Enterprise, the structures, say the bridges or the, um, the, the buildings, um, how far are we away um, using Speckle to get the spontaneous behavior of data coming through without a pull request, if I am making any sense? Is there further custom work that would have to be done? Uh, could you uh, rephrase yeah, it? Yeah, maybe I'm the last part. <laughs> Uh, do you mean any specific uh, software or specific the, workflow? The best way I can set, I can put it is, you know, for example, for you know the country where you where you're working, there will be a geological, a government geological survey or service, and typically they have you know web mapping services of the geological structures, um, you know, along the at the location where you're you're doing your engineering project, and the standard part, I bet, at any engineering firm for any geospatial team on any of these projects um, will be as part of the initial data collection process, they will go to the library of web mapping service URLs from the country's geological survey and they will get, you know, um, get this WMS and stick it in uh, the web map. Um, and there is no further intervention from them. So if the government updates the geological data, um, in it will it will come through in the WMS the next day or immediately as soon as it's updated on the the government side. So I'm looking for the same functionality for structures um, in the context of somebody administering a web map using Esri Enterprise. From what I understand, that functionality doesn't yet exist with Speckle. Uh, okay, I think I think I, I got it more or less. Uh, so, the using the Speckle models and the web as a web map service is not something implemented yet, but it's something we've been thinking about uh, turning the model into more like a base map or the tiles, right? Yeah, sorry, it. and maybe I shouldn't have used the. Because I don't think you can really bring 3D structures through in WMSs. Maybe a WFS is. Can you bring? Well, the the, the uh, cesium has already uh, issued 3D tiles, so. Okay. Right. Possible. Same idea. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's. 
yeah, that's something to 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 look into. Uh, absolutely, I think that's super super exciting uh, idea. And um, if let's say um, the organization already wants this kind of workflow, that is a really really easy minor hack into the connector to uh, automatically open a certain um, version version of the model and automatically import it every time you open the file. So uh, I don't think that will be uh, implemented at the connector level because not everybody might want that feature. But if somebody really needs it, I think that should be really, really a minor intervention. Cool. OK. All right. Hopefully those that's enough in terms of clues for people who have this remarkably unique and specific um, request. So I'll move on from that. Um, Okay, so I, finally, to to cover off the geospatial aspects um, before a couple of product manager questions at the end. Um, so where ArcGIS Online or Portal for ArcGIS exist, um, why should AutoCAD users try Speckle instead of the ArcGIS for AutoCAD plugin or Autodesk Connector for ArcGIS? Uh, well, they don't have to, <laughs> but it's recommended. <laughs> Uh, I mean, as uh, I think I mentioned before, the questions will be really what are the tasks that uh, needs to be accomplished, and what if it's just the import and export. There is, uh, if especially if people are familiar with those plugins, I think it can be easier. But if they want to expand the flow to more people, more software, uh, more types of uh, data management, then Speckle would be very handy in that case. Okay, sure. Yeah, that's the standard one. So it can go out to all the other disciplines with all their other software packages, um, not just ones who are running things with S3 software. Sure. Okay. Um, so does your team have a product manager role? And if yes, what contribution does this role make to your team? If no, how are you able to meet user needs effectively without it? Uh, well, the team, um, the product manager role indeed emerged uh, not very long ago because there was a clear need to, to manage things better because the team is growing, the product is growing uh, and there is, um, there is a need for more holistic view on all the bits and pieces uh, for a more cohesive vision of Speckle product moving forward as a whole of a more holistic vision of the workflows that Speckle might need to support, but also down to small inconsistencies uh, between different connectors, different data schemes, and the uh, interoperability within Speckle uh, infrastructure itself. Um, so yeah, the, the, uh, it's, it's really helpful to have a coordination between both uh, the product, the team, and the users at the same time. All right. Um, so what are the next three items on the product roadmap? Uh, so uh, there is a Speckle roadmap, and there is a QJS Speckle roadmap. Um, this, the general speckle roadmap, I think, is the one that we've touched uh, today several times. That's a big rename to make the terminology more familiar to the users. That's the big redesign of the, all the major interfaces, also to make it more connected and more intuitive and more automated. And uh, they work on make uh, the whole system more stable to avoid the little but annoying uh, errors or inconsistencies. So those are three big steps. And in terms of the GIS connectors, the uh, big steps would be, uh, or the next step will be, so far, the support for non-geometry types of data. 
that uh, can extend to the Excel tables that uh, somebody might want, to, or CSVs that somebody might want to use for analysis or even creating a geometry later. Uh, th then um, there is also a big question with the definition of the project origin point, uh, because the GIS uh, software is using global coordinate system while uh, CAD and BIM software are using a Cartesian coordinate system. And we have found some ways to manage that so far, uh, either by creating custom coordinate reference system centered at your location or uh, create um, some kind of offset that will move your object keeping your existing required coordinate reference system. But uh, that's only working one way now from JS to the others. And uh, I what we want to look into is coordinate better the definition of the origin point between the other software so uh, they can read uh, each other's definition of those origin and coordinate better. And the third step- uh, Sorry, I have to cut in there. If you guys solve that, um, everybody will love you. I mean, it's the bane of the industry, this problem um, of going between coordinate systems in different software packages. So uh, that's really important. I, I mean, we have uh, tested uh, one workflow with Blender GIS so far. Uh, even though the Blender doesn't support switch between the coordinate system, uh, once you are using, let's say, a Blender GIS plugin and you are uploading your shapefile or uh, your model to Blender, it lets you choose what coordinate system you're using and allows you to create already offsets or not. And uh, once you know what coordinate system is being used, you can use that to uh, receive Blender data in QJS. So that's the first connector so far that uh, has uh, been tested with that kind of back and forth um, transfer. Uh, in the other, um, with the other connectors, you can already, uh, if, you, if you want to send from QJS, it's no problem anymore because there's two solutions that cover in most of use cases. If you want to send to QJS, uh, for now, you also, can actually select the uh, offset to move the model even before receive. So uh, I would be really happy to hear use cases that that's not covering um, to to make it even more convenient. But uh, yeah, please feel free to test it out. Sure. Um, so there's one more question, but I I realized you did make an offer of uh, a brief demo, um, and we have, do have a couple more minutes. Um, so if you, if right. you still have the time. Um, so uh, this demo actually fits really well into the last point of a last item on the roadmap that I was about to talk about to about to cover. So uh, I hope you can see there. QGIS interface. Uh, that's the um, widget with the Speckle plugin. And uh, basically what I have in here in the file is literally all the data downloaded from the open sources. Uh, one is from Quick OSM. This, these are the buildings uh, with all the attributes possible from OpenStreetMaps. And uh, the terrain and uh, satellite images are also downloaded from the XYZ tiles, uh, which are the maps and terrain and um, Google Satellite. Uh, those services uh, basically 
let you use the dynamics, the dynamic tiles, and then you can cut out and uh, uh, save a certain area as, as individual raster file. So those are basically uh, very easily accessible uh, pieces of data. And uh, what uh, the recent uh, upgrades to the speckle connector are is uh, when you not only want to send just a flat uh, flat uh, raster file and flat uh, polygons of the buildings, uh, but you might also want to create directly a context model out of it. So there is a function to add the transformations to it. And the transformation to transformations uh, I am applying here, I've ch chosen a smaller piece of data because a video call plus the recording plus uh, will, will, will take time <laughs> and the people will get bored waiting for the uploading. So and the transformation that I have chosen is setting raster file as a texture for elevation layer while choosing the elevation layer as well. So we have the digital elevation model called clip terrain, which is this file here. And we have the clip satellite that we would like to use as a texture on top of the elevation. And second transformation uh, that I want to use uh, is the building polygons extruded by the property called height, I, that the property can, can be already present in the OSM data or you can add it by yourself, uh, extrude polygons by selected attributes and project on 3D elevation. So these are the two um, transformations that I applied and those are two layers that I would like to send. And uh, now let's see. So it's converting the layers one by one, and hopefully we'll see the results already online in, in a couple of seconds. So that dialogue you had up for the transformation, that is part of Speckle, is it? Or is that a function yes. of QGIS? No, it's not. It's, it's a part of Speckle. Okay, cool. So oh, great. here is... <laughs> Basically, uh, all the buildings that are left are those that can be projected on the elevation. This is the elevation, and this is the satellite image that uh, uh, basically used as a texture for that elevation. Yeah. I, I, I have a, a bigger model of it here. Wow. So if I would to, if I was to send all of it, that would look like this. So it's extruding or it's placing the center of that polygon on the surface. That's why a part of it goes below, I suppose. Yes, the lowest point. Oh, the lowest point. Okay. Yeah. Great. Well, nice simple demo. And I guess that's going to the web viewer. Um, but you could just as well pull that into other software, I suppose. And if uh, the project center is set properly, uh, either as a custom CRS or as offsets, that model would be received in Rhino or Revit immediately in the center. Yep, ah, that's great. I, I need to spend some time playing around <laughs> myself now. Yeah, I, I hope that also inspires everybody else. Cool, well, um, 
another group that I am in general trying to inspire um, with this podcast um, is mentioned in the final question. So in the UK, it's possible to undertake a geospatial apprenticeship. Um, so what qualities, skills or ambitions should an apprentice have to do well at Speckle? <laughs> That's also a tricky question. Uh, I'm not very well of requirements for geospatial apprenticeship, especially in the UK. Mm, but uh, from what I see at Speckle, that people have a completely different set of technical skills as well as domain knowledge. Uh, but somehow together it turns into amazing product and amazing collaboration environment. I'm sorry if the answer would be too generic, but that's... Uh... It's fine if it's generic. Some people don't mention anything technical. They just talk about attitude, anything really. Um, if it's just the vibe, that's okay. Yeah, it's the vibe definitely, but also uh, what I have noticed is that everyone has is, is has kind of obsession with what they do. They're very determined to resolve the problems they resolve and have a vision of what to do next. Uh, and it can be a very low level technical details, uh, like a very annoying little bugs, but also a solid inter software or inter organizational workflows. No, that's great. Obsession um, gets you a long way. Um, regardless of your intellect so or degree of it. So yeah, good answer. Amazing. Um, thanks very much, Kate. Thanks for having me. Um, I, yeah, I, as with all of the guests, I, I feel like that's just the start. Um, but um, yeah, definitely I, I'd love to um, give it a try. I'll get on the forum and let you guys know um, how, how I get on, um, especially with the um, incredibly specific um, use case that I kept going on about in this episode. So yeah, thanks for your patience with that. <laughs> Are there any ways that users can reach out to to the organization, um, any social media handles, um, people should keep an eye out? Uh, yes, absolutely. Um, there are three uh, main channels that user can reach out. Uh, is the <clears throat> speckle.community, which is a community forum, literally answering all possible questions from the community. Uh, but that's mainly for people who are already trying and have issues. If you are only starting, that's uh, a main website, speckle.systems. And from speckle.systems, you can find uh, the blog post, the tutorials, the installation um, guidelines. And uh, yeah, and uh, you can also, if you're a developer, you can go to GitHub, fork the code, or push your PRs and uh, yeah, there is uh, different ways depending on what your goal is. Sure, okay, great. Um, needless to say, all of those will be in the show notes. Um, and yeah, hope, uh, hope you see some more people on the forum as a result of this. So thanks very much for coming on. Thank you.